0: Welcome to another episode of the Victory Baptist Church podcast. This podcast is a ministry of Victory Baptist Church in Valdosta, Georgia. To learn more about our ministry and the impact it has had in our community for over 50 years, visit VictoryBaptistValdosta.com. Now let's listen as Pastor Ward brings today's message from God's Word. We concluded uh, chapter number 7, and uh, then uh, of course, and just let me, let me give you a little bit of background here for just a moment uh, before we get into the sounding of the trumpets. Now, the sounding of the trumpets and the opening of the seals are all part of the first half, the first three and a half years of the tribulation period, and then of course the pouring out of the vials of the wrath of God there in the second half, the second three and a half years of the, um, of the tribulation period. And so now, just in review, uh, we've seen the six sealed judgments, and in those we saw, we saw the Antichrist being introduced, uh, we saw, saw wars and famine and death, about one-fourth of the population has now died of, of living things, have died of the sword and of hunger, great famine in the land. We see these souls that were martyred, and for a few moments there's something of a pause, or something of a hesitation while these martyrs are sealed and prepared to go into the presence of God. And then as the fifth and the sixth seals were being opened, we saw these great cosmic events that were taking place. Chaos throughout the solar system and to the place that men, men, were falling down at the foothills of the mountains and they were begging and pleading with God that the mountains would fall on them to hide them from the face of the one who they saw. And so now, as these things begin to happen, you see more and more and more and more and, um, and so on and so forth. There's a suspension of judgment that takes place between the sixth and the seventh seal. And uh, as you'll see, Uh, that goes all the way into the beginning of chapter number 8. And in that period of time, uh, the judgment of God is suspended. There's the sealing sealing of the 144,000 Jews. They're all from the tribes of Israel and some of the descendants of the tribes of Israel. They're all Jewish people. You're not one of the 144,000. Those people that come around knocking on your doors on Saturday morning, they're not part of the 144,000 all of these are made up of Jewish descendants and God knows who they are and he knows their lineage, he knows their name, he knows from which tribe they came from. They may not even know. And so they are a chosen and elect group. And you can't join that. You can't apply to be part of the 144,000. You can't do enough service to be part of the 144,000. There are people who God has designated. And so don't worry about it. Don't try to figure it out. You're not, and they are. And that's the way a providential God has decided to do it. And uh, you may argue the point or whatever, but you're not going to change anything. It's God's business. And then we see the salvation of multitudes of people. Isn't that fascinating? The salvation, even in the midst of all of this chaos, there are people, there's a whole group of people that are redeemed and bought by the blood of the lamb and God takes special care of them and he's watching over them and he talks about how they're not going to hunger anymore and they're not going to thirst anymore and, uh, and, uh, then uh, that the lamb which is in the midst of the throne, that he will feed them and shall lead them unto the fountains of waters, and God shall wipe all tears away from their eyes. So that brings us to chapter number eight, and I'm already exhausted. <laughs> chapter number eight. And so let's read a few verses, and I, 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 we may just take time to read for the most part tonight, and we'll just identify a couple of things that are happening and so now we see that as you open up in, by way of introduction, the first six verses of this chapter, uh, ha- they have to deal with the, the preparation of the sounding of the trumpets. And that's the, uh, uh, the opening of the seventh seal. In verse number one of chapter number eight. And when he had opened the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven for about the space of a half an hour. And yes, they are women in heaven, Okay. <laughs> silence in heaven for about the space of a half an hour. And I saw seven angels which stood before God and to them were given seven trumpets. And another, and we don't know why the silence in heaven. He doesn't explain it. There's a verse I found back over in the book of Zephaniah says something like this about this silence in heaven. I'm getting ahead of myself. He said, hold thy peace at the presence of the Lord God. For the day of the Lord is at hand. It could be reference to that prophecy or many more. There's, there's several occasions in the scripture where it talks about the people being silent before God, silent before God. Verse number two, And I saw the seven angels which stood before God, uh, and to them were given uh, seven trumpets. And another angel came and stood at the altar having a golden censer. And there was given unto him much incense that he should offer it with the prayers of all the saints upon the golden altar which was before the throne. And the smoke of the incense which came with the prayers of the saints ascended up before God out of the angel's hand. And the angel took the censer and filled it with fire of the altar and cast it into the earth. And there were voices and thunderings and lightnings and an earthquake. And the seven angels which had seven trumpets prepared themselves to sound, And so first of all, we see that there's this period of silence in heaven. In verse number 2, we see the introduction to the seven angels that would sound the trumpets. In verses 3 and verse number 5, we see the the prayers of the saints of God, the seven angels, the seven trumpets, the saints and their prayers in verses 3 and 5. And then finally, down in verse number 6, the sounding of the trumpets. The first trumpet sounded in verse number 7, and let's see what happens. Let's read just a few more verses, perhaps down uh, to verse... Well, Let's read several verses. We'll come out and make a couple of comments. In verse number seven, and the first angel sounded, and there followed hail and fire mingled with blood. And they were cast upon the earth, and a third part of the trees were burnt up, and all the green grass was burnt up. And the second angel sounded, and as it were, as it were, a great mountain burning with fire was cast into the sea, and a third part of the sea became blood. And the third part of the creatures which were in the sea and had life died and a third part of the ships were destroyed. And the third angel sounded and there fell a great star from heaven burning as it were a lamp. And it fell upon the third part of the rivers and, the, and upon the fountains of waters. And the name of the star is called Wormwood or Bitter. And the third part of the waters became wormwood, and many men died of the waters because they were made bitter. And the fourth angel sounded, and a third part of the sun was smitten, and a third part of the moon, and a third part of the stars, and a third part of them was darkened, and the day shone not for a third part of it, and the night likewise. Reading verse number 13 And I beheld and heard an angel flying through the midst of heaven saying with a loud voice, look at this. Here's one of the the trilogies in the scripture. Anytime you see something that is mentioned triple times, whoa, 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 you need to pay attention. In one place in the Old Testament, it says earth, earth, earth. And there are many of these that are given to us in the Scripture. They're just called scriptural trilogies. And to the inhabitants of the earth by reason of the other voices of the trumpet of the three angels which are yet to sound. Now, reading chapter number 8, we see these things. We see, of course, as I mentioned a moment ago, these: uh, the seventh seal is open. There's silence in heaven. The seven angels are uh, introduced. The seven trumpets, the, the saints and their prayers, and the sounding of the trumpet. Now, when the first trumpet sounds, he says um, that the... This is the beginning of the second round of the plagues of God. We've already been introduced to the seals and now the trumpets begin to sound and the wrath of God, the second wave of the wrath of God, the second round of the wrath of God. And he, and he said at the end of the chapter, he said, whoa, whoa, whoa. He said, These are just, this is just the introduction to it. The worst is yet to come. And things are getting progressively worse. More and more people are dying. More and more suffering is taking place. And you'll see some of that in our study tonight. And so the first trumpet sounds and the second round of the wrath of God begins. First of all, in verse number six, there's a bloody earth, a bloody earth. It's hard to imagine when you, when you read these, these descriptions that are given to us in the book of Revelation. It, it doesn't matter uh, how you've been, your imagination has been entertained by Hollywood and, and some of the movies that they're produced. I, I don't go see those things. And, and, um, and you know, they, they're always having these, uh, uh, these movies about the apocalypse and the last days and, and the end of the world. And, and some of them, some of them have, have a Christian background. I have seen a, a couple of those. Uh, Produced by Estes Perkle many, many years ago. You may be able to find one of those. And you'll find, uh, I think uh, one of them is titled, If a footman tire you, what will horses do? And uh, several of those that have been produced movies, full-length movies, And uh, you'll see, you'll see the truth. You'll see it as it really is. Now, I don't know about Hollywood. They have a hard time about getting things right. But at worst, at the worst of your imagination, at the the worst production that, that Hollywood and the entertainment world, it's nothing like the real thing. It's nothing like the real thing. Not even close. The horror of it is so many times multiplied more than the human imagination. These numbers and figures and and, uh, all of these things that are being identified for us and they're magnified again and again and again and again and far beyond any reasonable thought. It's the horror of that day. May I pause and say this? You don't want to be left behind. You don't want to be left behind When the trumpet sounds and the voice of the archangel, you better make sure you're ready to go because you're going to see these things. You're going to experience these things. I don't know how long you'll last and how much of it you'll uh, actually feel and be part of, but seven years passes by in a hurry. It passes by in a hurry. And so we see this bloody earth. The trees and the green grass. A third part of all the trees are destroyed and a third part of the green grass. Now, why does it mention that? I read and I studied it one time and I had notes in one of my very old Bibles, maybe maybe a Bible that I've had since the uh, 70s or 80s, and I had notes on the book of Revelation uh, that I'd studied there before. And when I read through that, and I don't even know where I got the information from, but it says that the trees and the green grass produce about 60% of the oxygen that we have in the world today, the trees and the green grass. And the rest of it is produced by the other vegetation, the weeds and the and everything else and the flowers and, and the bushes and all of those, but the, the trees and the green grass. And so now on top of everything else, it becomes very difficult to breathe easily. I've had asthma for about 30 years. I have stage one non-smoker COPD now. I take all kind of medication for it, and I do very well, but every once in a while, I have what they call an exacerbation, and, and I get to where I can hardly take a breath, and it feels like that elephant that you see on the television advertisements about COPD, and you may know somebody that has it as well, and that they're laying on the couch, and there's an elephant sitting on and that's exactly the way you feel. Can you imagine when that kind of permeates the entire world. Now people are, that are living are struggling even to get their next breath. Their next breath. Now that may not even be true, but it, makes, but it makes sense. If a third part of the trees are gone, then and, uh, and so now at least a third of the oxygen is being depleted, And so now people are, rather than having 97, 98% oxygen saturation, they're having perhaps 75 to 80%. They're struggling for every living breath. We see also not only this bloody earth, uh, but in in the second place, when the second trumpet sounds, we see a burning sea. That's found in verse 8 and 9. The sea is on fire now. And uh, this burning, the burning of the sea and the loss of ships and commerce, we think that it's difficult to get things now. You, you try to get uh, some, some certain things and, and, it, and, it, and it always goes back to shipping problems. Can you imagine how it's going to be when a fourth, is it a fourth or a third part of uh, all of the shipping industry is completely destroyed and the hunger and the famine and the lack of necess- necessary things. We panic when we don't have enough diapers on the shelf. We, we panic when there's not enough milk on the shelf. Can you imagine what it's going to be like? It's not going to be like 60 Cargo ships uh, waiting out in in the uh, in the Pacific Ocean off the coast of California. Can you imagine what it's going? To, it's not going to be like one ship that has sunk out in one of the canals and and it's got all kind of uh, 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 chips and all of those kind. Can you imagine what it's going to be when they're actually destroyed? For a great part, the shipping industry and. Uh, and he goes on. A third part of the it's a third part of the ships. I don't know where I got a fourth from. Too many numbers to, to uh, navigate through here. And so we have this: the first trumpet is a bloody earth. The second trumpet is a burning sea. The third trumpet, verses ten and eleven, is this great star. Uh, verses uh, ten and eleven, and uh, of course uh, this. Worm, wood, the bitterness now, and cause the men to die, the bitter waters, and this star that falls from heaven. Uh, In the fourth place, in the fourth trumpet, it sounds. These are simultaneously, just like it was with the opening of the seals, one right after the other, before the smoke clears from one event, the next event is already taking place. And all of this is happening while there's still some uh, residual effects of the seals that were opened. And there's still sorrow and, and there's still horror that's happening because of what has already happened. And here's the second wave. is making its way, and I hope you can see that. And so now the sky is darkened, a darkened sky. Uh, he said so in, um, in our verses. He said a third part of the sun isn't shining. A third part of the moon at night, obviously, because it reflects its light from the sun. A third part of the stars for the same reason. And a third part of them was darkened. We're in verse number 12 now. And the day shone not for a third part of it, and the night likewise. And so we see in chapter number 8 these events. And uh, in closing of chapter number 8, and we may tackle part of chapter number, we can, for chapter number 9 for just a moment. Um. When the fourth trumpet is opened, the darkening of the sky, and then also under that, a warning with a loud voice saying, Whoa, whoa, whoa. The inhabitants of the earth, by reason of the other voices of the trumpet of the angels, which are yet still three to go. That's just four of them. And you see the magnitude of these trumpets as they Begin to sound. Chapter number nine, I think we can, I can cover it in just a moment if you'll listen as fast as I'm talking. I think we can cover it. It begins with the fifth chapter, uh, fifth of the trumpets. Let's read a few of the verses. I don't think it's necessary to read the entire chapter like in verse number eight, but I want to introduce what's going on here because it's a whole nother level, a whole nother, nother level. And I titled this chapter, The Unleashing of Satanic Power and Practice. Now it gets spooky. Now it gets scary. For all of these people who have entangled themselves with the occult world and for all of these people who have died without Christ and they've given themselves. I heard somebody say a few years ago uh, when someone was witnessing to them and and, uh, they said, what are you going to do when you die? They said, well... They said, if I die early, I'm going to go on down to hell and I'm going to get the charcoals good and hot and ready for all of my friends when they get there and we're just going to have a big cookout. Well, that's happening here in this chapter. All of these fallen angels and demons and and all of these wicked and vile people that have lived and have denied God and and, uh, they're all become part of a team. And you see that happen in chapter number 9. Let's read a few verses, and uh, then I'll throw a few things out to you. We'll be, we'll be done for the evening. And the fifth angel sounded, and I saw a star fall from heaven unto the earth. And to him the star is a person. And to him was given the key to, of the bottomless pit. And he opened the bottom, bottomless pit, and there arose smoke out of the pit as the smoke of a great furnace. And the sun and the air were darkened by reason. I'm glad I have a King James Bible. I wouldn't believe any of this if I was reading out of anything else. The smoke of the pit. And there came out of the smoke locusts upon the earth, and unto them was given power, as the scorpions of the earth have power. And it was commanded them that they should not hurt the grass of the earth, neither any green thing, neither any tree, but only those men which have not the seal of God in their foreheads. And to them it was given that they should not kill them. This is, this is heinous. Not to kill them, but they should be tormented for five months. That's usually the life cycle of locusts. Somewhere between like October and whatever. I forget what it is. I read it one time. And so for five months, these locusts like scorpions are torturing people. And in those days shall men seek death, and they shall not find it, and shall desire to die, and death shall flee from them. And the shapes of the locusts were likened to horses prepared unto battle. Locusts as big as horses. And on their heads were, as it were, crowns of gold, and their faces were as the faces of men. The, the face of a man is, uh, is the identity of a... It is they, they say that the, uh, the face of a man or the eyes of a man is the entrance to a person's heart or entrance to their soul. You see the real character of something. When you look into someone's face, there's something that you see that you don't see otherwise. And so it is with these awful beasts. And they had hair as the hair of a woman. Get the picture. And their teeth was as the teeth of lions. And they had a breastplate as it were breastplates of iron. And the sound of their wings was as the sound of chariots and many horses running to battle. And they all had tails like unto scorpions, and there were stings in their tails, and their power was to hurt men five months. And they had a king over them, which is the angel of the bottomless pit, whose name in the Hebrew tongue is Abaddon, but the Greek tongue, in the Greek tongue, hath the name Apollyon. One woe is past, and behold, there are two woes more hereafter. And the six angels sounded, and I heard a voice from the four horns of the golden altar which is before God, saying to the sixth angel which had a trumpet, Loose the four angels which are bound in the great river Euphrates. And the four angels were loosed, which were prepared for an hour and a day and a month and a year. For to slay a third part, the third part of men. And the number of the army of the horsemen were two hundred thousand thousand. Is that not two hundred million? And I heard the number of them, and I saw the horses in vision, and them that sat on them, having breastplates of fire and jaseth and brimstone, and heads of the horses were the heads of lions, and out of their mouths issued fire and smoke and brimstone. By these three was the third part of men killed by fire and by the smoke and by the brimstone, which, is, which issued out of their mouths. For their power is in their mouth and in their tails. For their tails were like the, unto serpents and had heads, and them they do hurt, and with them they do hurt. And the rest of the men which, look at this, this I, I need to read this. I knew it was the reason I was going on. And the rest of the men which were not killed by these plagues yet repented not of the works of their hands that they should not worship devils nor, uh, and, and idols of gold and silver and brass and stone and of wood which neither can see nor hear nor talk. They re- neither repented they of their murderers nor their sorceries, nor their fornication, nor their thefts. Now let me kind of outline this chapter for you very quickly. The fifth trumpet sounds the first woe. It is the unleashing of satanic power and practice. It is all the demons of the underworld are let loose, unchained. All of the occult factors... All of the things and, and it goes all the way back to horoscopes and, and uh, Ouija boards and playing cards and, and, the, and the list goes on and on and on to all of these on the edge satanic practices. And there are many of them that go on in our Christian social circles. It has to do with the the spirit world. We talked a little bit about that a week or so ago. It might have been Wednesday night there in uh, Ephesians chapter number 6. And and, uh, this underworld, this this world of of spiritism, not spiritualism, but spiritism with a little S. It has to do with witchcraft and sorcery and all the things that are anti-God. There's a whole uh, there's a whole section in the Old Testament. It might be in the book of Deuteronomy. I preached it, and I know at least it preached it to our school chapel one time, and I preached it to a couple of youth groups at one time or another, and it has to do with everything from the things that I've just aforementioned, even into the apothecary and, and, uh, and drugs and, and uh, sex and everything else, everything that's illicit in the sight of God. These are the people that propel this, this ungodly music and ungodly movies and, and wickedness and all those kind of things are all put together and they produce this wicked kingdom that I've just read about unto your hearing. The unleashing of satanic. I'm glad that all of these things are somewhat. As, as wicked as the world is today. I'm talking about murder. I'm talking about rape. I'm talking about incest. I'm talking about alcohol. I'm talking about drugs. I'm talking about all of these things from all the way from the, the, uh, uh, the drug industry, this illegal drug and illicit drug industry, I should say. All of these things are part of it. And wicked people. If you read... The, you, you may just need to go home and read the little book of Jude. It's only a few chapters long, 20, I mean one chapter long, just twenty-something verses long, perhaps. And he gives a description of where all of this is taking place. It's already being put together right now. It started in the Old Testament. It made its way through the New Testament. And one day these wicked, ungodly powers will be unleashed in this world. For a scene like you've never even thought of before. You can't make this stuff up. It's too vile. It's, and so here's, here's the outline, and I can't do it in one minute, but I can probably do it in three. We see, first of all, that in verses 1 and 2, these powers are being unleashed. Let go. The keys are given. The bottomless pit is opened. They've been reserved with the wicked angels that uh, Satan led in uh, in the Old Testament, that he led astray in revolt against God. And they've been bound in chains. One day they'd be bound again, but they've been bound in chains. This is not the lake of fire. This is is an abode that God has down somewhere in the, in the, in somewhere in the pit, in the bottomless pit, somewhere in some corner, God has reserved compartments for all of these, and then one day, hell's gonna open up its mouth, and they're coming out. You think it's bad now. You, you, you think of the vulgar and the the sorted I, I, I don't have the words to describe what i want to say tonight you can't even hardly watch tv anymore hello i don't see how i don't see how people can watch at regular scheduled tv programs with their children i, I don't see i don't i don't see how that can happen i, I don't see i, I know i'm I, i'm old school and all those kind of things and and uh, but I tell you the truth, if you had 245 strapped to your side, you better make sure that you know what your children are watching. They are being led. And, and all of this, this, this modern day gender things and all of that, it's all part of the same thing. You know, it's just kind of, a, it's just kind of an outreach of all these things. And they, all of this wickedness comes to fruition. And you see it here in chapter number 9. Number three, in verse number three, and I'm done. When I get down to verse number 21. (laughs) They are powerful in performance. You saw that, didn't you? I mean, if a locust, if I saw a little South Georgia locust, like an oversized grasshopper in here, I'd probably just pick it up and throw it out the door. Or maybe just smush him on the, like we tried to find that skink that got loose in here last Sunday morning. By the way, we never found him, so every once in a while, look down near your feet, all right? But if a locust were to come galloping in here like a big stallion, it would be a whole different story, wouldn't it, with a face like a man, teeth like a lion, the tail of that stallion is like a serpent, like a timber rattler or a diamondback rattler. They're powerful in performance. Verse number four, they're instructed in duty. They have a purpose. There's one reason, and that is to go out and bring more destruction. I wrote this down for verse number five and verse number six, and I'll give you my outline if you'd like to have them. They are ruthless in torment. This is is probably the most heinous part of the whole thing. It'd be one thing to to be killed by such a creature, but to be tortured not one week, not three weeks, not a month, but sick five long months at the point of death, but not to die. How cruel they they're they're not here to kill men right away but they're here to inflict pain on men I told you I don't understand all this stuff I I don't claim to understand the point it's God's work it's God's business it's how, if we could ever get to the place that we hated sin like God hated sin, we might understand what's going on here. If we hated wickedness like God hates wickedness, we might could better understand how that the judgment of God will prevail over sin. You're quiet on me tonight. They're ruthless in torment. They're frightening in appearance. We have it on, They're frightening in appearance. It, it spooks me. It scares me to think about it. We have in on the front door of our house. We have a a, a little kind of a opaque uh, window panel, and it's got it's 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 one of those you know it's round, kind of like a fan. and It has a window here, window here, window here, and a window here. There's four four panes in it. And one night I dreamed. That some of these, that there were four of these ugly beasts looking in my window. (laughs) I got up out of my recliner and I went and jumped in the bed with my wife. Scary stuff, scary stuff. They're frightening in appearance. They're invincible in battle. Just thinking about it. They win the war. They're invincible in battle. They're intelligent in humanity. That is, they have that face of a man. And so there's when they have all of these animal and creature characteristics about them, but they're intelligent like a human being, not like a dumb old horse or a lowly little locust. They're intelligent in humanity. They, they're thinking like their they're, they're thought is like, is like humanity. They're deceitful in character. That's in verse number 8. And they are vicious in form. In verse number eight, it says that they that they their teeth are like the teeth of lions. And so when I looked that up and and and, and studied a little bit about the lion and his teeth, their, their purpose is to, is to rend, to tear, and then finally to destroy. The lion doesn't immediately go after his prey just to kill it. There's something Something about the line that he likes to watch it die and die slowly. Cats do that, little cats. They'll take a, they'll take a mouse and play with it, little house cat. They'll, they'll take a mouse and throw it over here, or a lizard, and they'll, they'll catch it and let it go, and play with it and let it go, and injure it and let it go. They are vicious in form. Their purpose is to rend, to tear, And then finally to destroy. They're relentless in action. That's verse number 9 and 10. Long outline. (laughs) In verse number 11, they're unwavering in their servitude. They have a a wicked, they have a king, uh, which is an angel of the bottomless pit. We know who he is. He's Satan. Their leader is Satan, and they are unwavering in their servitude. They do exactly what he tells them to do. The sixth trumpet sounds, the second woe. And now we have more war. In verses 13 through 15, we have the unloosing of evil angels. In verse number 15, the preparation of another army. I'm not sure about the math, but I think it's 200 million. I think I had that written somewhere. Can you imagine an army of two? We only have just over 300-something million people in America. Can you imagine an army? That army of 200 million would probably be greater than the armies of the world presently, or at least very, very close. Very, very close. The preparation of an army. In verse number 15, we have the purpose of this army. They were, pre- they pre- were prepared for to slay a third part of the the men, a third part of the men. The number of the army, I think I mentioned that in verse number 16. In verse number 17, we have a description of the army. Uh, horses in the vision with them they had on uh, breastplates and it describes and the heads of lions and their mouths issued fire and smoke and brimstone, a description of this wicked army. In verse 18 and verse number 19, we have the success of this army are winners in battle in uh, verses number 18 it talks about their power and their strength and uh, they do hurt and that was their purpose that was their mission was to go out and hurt people and they accomplish that mission and then closing in verses 20 and 21 we have this Unrepentant multitude of people. Can you imagine? I've had people to turn away from Christ. I've had, I've had people to tell me, no, I, I, I don't want to be saved in, in casual terms. And, and um, I've, had, I've been run off from a couple of houses over the years. But I can't imagine someone seeing all of this and still saying, no to Jesus, no to him. May the Lord take the study of his word and apply it to our hearts in whichever way is necessary. If you're here tonight and you don't know Christ as your Savior, in light of all this, I don't know when it's going to happen, but I do know this, once the trumpet sounds and the rapture of the church takes place, the days are numbered. All this is going to take place in the first three and a half years, everything I've read into your hearing. So be sure that you know him as your Lord and Savior. Would you stand with us for prayer tonight? Thank you for being such a good class.